So yoga nidra is like this induced yogic sleep, you know, where we actually use the mind extensively. Welcome to Wellness Curated. This is your host, Anshu Bahanda. And as you know, we try and help you lead a healthier, happier, more hopeful life by bringing you ideas, tools, trends, and techniques from all over the world. This season, we're talking about how to change your mind. And we're going to talk about how to boost brain power. We're going to talk about how to keep your brain as fit as possible for as long as possible. And today, we have yoga and meditation teacher, life coach, and psychic, Lamia Arsivala. Uh, and Lamia is going to talk to us about yoga asanas and breath work or pranayams, which will help you with your cognitive health. Welcome to the chat, Lamia, and thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. Hi, Anshu. Thank you for having me. It's just such an amazing initiative you have here with Wellness Curated. And before I begin, I just want to take a moment to thank you for doing this. It's so important that information about yoga and other alternative methods be brought to people in such a simple and accessible manner. So thank you for that. Thank you, Lamia. Now, tell me, Lamia, tell me a bit about yourself. How was your journey into yoga? How did you come to do what you do? So funnily enough, people might not believe this, but my yoga journey actually began in Melbourne in Australia where I was doing my undergraduate degree. And, you know, I would see a lot of yoga studios. And at first, I only went to yoga to deal with my homesickness. Um, I wasn't even serious. I would just go to class because I wanted something for fitness. Melbourne was too cold compared to how Bombay is, Mumbai is. And I would notice that when I didn't go to yoga, I would feel more overwhelmed and I'd feel less connected to myself. So what I initially started to chase was that feeling of Shavasana, those 15 minutes where my mind was completely blank and empty. And you know, Anshu, when we are young, we don't even know the benefit of that feeling because at 18, you don't have the stresses of adult life. You have different kinds of stresses. You know, you're figuring out who you are in the world. You're learning about yourself, your likes, your dislikes. And I think my mat was really like a landing point, like holding me, you know, through all of my various experiences. And so that's where yoga started for me. Um, started to teach that sort of was not a very positive story. I lost my childhood friend who was also with me in another city in Australia. He drowned um, tragically oh, and suddenly. And um, at that time, at 18, I was grieving. I was alone. Um, I remember I was like going to two classes a day. So here I really am, though, 20, 12 years later, teaching, and I'm so grateful to him. It's interesting what you said about my mat really held me. So you actually started by taking, by going to these yoga classes, which you treated as maybe exercise. Some people take it as exercise to boost flexibility, to go there to exercise. While to someone like me, I mean, yoga is a way of life. So what do you think is the core purpose of yoga? To me, what yoga really is, the purpose of yoga is to 
to come home to yourself right mm-hmm. you know yourself better okay and let's get into the cognitive functions and how yoga helps with that now at this point there seems to be an explosion all over the world in the meditative aspects of yoga but meditation is actually in the seventh sutra in the patanjali yoga sutras right it's it comes much later after you've developed the first six each one supposedly leads leads to the other so t- tell me what are the other aspects of yoga that you have found are very helpful as well in terms of the cognitive functions you know i want to first comment on what you said um i feel like people who come to a physical asana class and it may not be instantaneous that they can just fall into a meditative state because the body has to be ready first right and then there are people in india who don't do any physical yoga and they follow you know kriya yoga and they're just doing a lot of meditation i think what i want to emphasize which is not spelled out so to say in this in the sutras is the breath because i i've realized it's the breath that carries the magic so whether it's your movement practice your asana practice whether you're walking whether you're just sitting and doing a meditation it's really the breath work that has that tremendous positive impact on our nervous system and hence our mind and hence your brain and so you feel it's the breath work which really helps you with the cognitive health as well it's um the breath affects our nervous system right it gets our parasympathetic nervous system to uh, to kick in which is what helps us feel calm and when we're calm we can go about our cognitive functions with much more ease what are the cognitive functions you know it's like memory it's attention it's problem solving it's language um all of these things especially you know problem solving and decision making i think uh on and i've seen this with so many of my clients you know they'll tell me today i have a really important meeting so mm-hmm. um i had to make it to class today i had this negotiation i had to make it to class today because i just know that the way i process things is different the way if there's someone who's difficult for me to manage or some mm-hmm. or or the negotiations with someone who is a difficult person i just have the right words i just feel more clear i just feel you know more at ease in myself uh versus when you've not done the practice and for someone who's new to the practice <clears throat> how long would you say would it be before they start reaping any benefits or even seeing a difference in themselves you know anshu i think um when you're new and depends on what age you're starting out of course because when i was new to yoga even in my late teens and early 20s i was also stiff because i've had my own share of you know traumas in my childhood and um initially it was just feeling stronger it was just feeling uh, less aches and pains mm-hmm. uh, just feeling you know more confident things like that but then for someone else even if they start in their 30s or 40s they will start to feel like hey you know i feel stronger i'm sleeping better it will there i feel like the effects can be immediate um of course again i come back to this it depends on the kind of practice you do and i think it's for our modern world we need to have a practice that kind of has a little bit of it all so lavia you know there's many many different forms of yoga today right what would you recommend for cognitive health 
if I were to go from the form, I would say, yeah, the Hatha Yoga. But see, when you look at yoga and the four ways of yoga, there's Raja Yoga, which is the movement. Um, there's Bhakti Yoga, which is your devotion. There's the Nyan, which is when you're studying scriptures. And there's Karma Yoga. I'm a Bhakti Yogi at the core of it. Mm -hmm. so I feel like it depends on the person. It depends on what brings them to equilibrium. For some people who are more fiery and pitta, uh, they might enjoy a more active class. But for them, a yoga nidra might be really good, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and that will take them to a place where the brain. So when we're talking about cognitive function, we're really talking about the nervous system. We're talking about circulation in the body. I would say that, yes, hatha yoga, uh, but yoga nidras, I would say more restorative yogas, but yoga practices. But again, it depends on the person. If you're someone mm -hmm. who's super busy in the mind, that could be a very challenging place for you. So I would say a Hatha Vinyasa class, which is very popular now worldwide, where they do a little bit of flow, a little bit of, you know, holding uh, some inversions. Mm -hmm. That would be great. So we know that yoga helps with relieving stress, with concentration. How does it help you with problem solving? You know, I really think if I were to give a simple tip, uh, it would be the Anulom Vilom Pranayam because I think that it balances the hemispheres of our brain. That's what we've learned. And I do see that when I do it, again, I just feel that spaciousness in my mind, right? Um, when you want to solve a problem, I would say that the asanas also have great benefit. When you look at, you know, hip openers, for instance, mm -hmm. if people have certain traumas, we store a lot of our emotions in our hips. And okay. um, when you're coming into that practice, you, you can't just do a, a random one single hip opener and expect the benefits. But when you're in that class and you're moving through a variety of poses and you are consciously letting go, whether it's hip openers or forward bends, and you're consciously letting go, um, I think it changes your perspective on your problem, right? So I would not say there's one thing that helps. A quick fix is some breathing, some meditation, uh, some breath work. But if you can dedicate your, in a week, you can dedicate two or three times a week to showing up to a class and that group energy is just spectacular. You know, I, I, I really feel like one-on-one -on -one classes are great, but group energy is just so beautiful. Um, if you can dedicate that time, you will start to have a different approach. And how, how else would you say does yoga help improve cognitive function? So what else can you do? Give us some examples that you've seen. You know, I'm going to, I want to list out a few poses just because I feel like if anyone listening to this, maybe they go to classes sometimes or they, they like yoga, but they're not able to prioritize it. Life is busy for everybody. Um, the child's pose. A simple child's pose, knees wide, on your knees, uh, arms forward or arms behind your body, holding your feet, your forehead to the floor or on a block or a book. And just a few breaths there. I feel like the moment we do these poses like this one or downward facing dog pose, where the head is forward, forward bends, where the head is forward and all this oxygenated blood is flowing to your brain you're kind of creating new connections in your cells. And, and those poses are really good where you're taking the blood to the head. So headstand, for instance, shoulder stance, these poses, 
I don't recommend them for a beginner or someone just practicing at home unless you know what you're doing. Those are best practiced in the presence of a teacher. And in terms of asanas or pranayams, even pranayam, you were saying anulom vilom for cognitive. And brahmri. So and brahmri, of course. Yeah. That's the yeah. one where you block your eyes, your ears, and you... Um, you take a breath and you're just making a humming bee sound. It's so good. It's a little weird to do in a group. I understand that. Um, but it's a good one. It's And you have to do it for a little while. What about an asana pranayam to help with memory? Um, so I would say the same practices will help with memory. And, you know, Anshu, I want to give this one more, this one tip that I also give people, particularly in yoga nidras. You can do right. class as well. So yoga nidra is like this, induced yogic sleep you know where we actually use the mind extensively because we're throwing numbers we're throwing images we're doing a lot of brain activity but the body is in a deep rest in a deep stillness um i tell people if there's something that's bothering you write down what it is and then write down your sort of solution for it at that given point in time what do you think is the best um solution to it and then when you finish the practice come back Look at that sheet and see if you resonate with what you, the plan of action you had prior, or if you have a different perspective on it, or if you've, you know, gathered some wisdom while you've been in that receptive state. So you're saying that even that yoga nidra will even help you with decision making? Yes, because you've learned how to just like, eventually people just fall into a sleep because you're throwing so much activity for the mind in the way that we do a yoga nidra practice. Um, so, Lamia, we've talked a lot about yoga nidra. Will you explain for people who might not know exactly what it is? So, yoga nidra is also like an offshoot from the Hatha uh, practice. And it is a yogic sleep. So, you basically set up, you lie down. And you'll find yoga nidras on YouTube. You'll find them on most sites that have, you know, uh, teachers and different practices. Uh, you'll find them on my site as well. Uh, it's a really simple practice where... All you have to do is follow the voice of the teacher and lie down. You have to get comfortable. You can be in your bed, but I always say set up on the floor. Give yourself mm -hmm. more cushioning. If you have any lower back issues, then, you know, place something under your knees so you can really like settle into your lower back and into your sacrum. Um, and then you, it's 20 minutes, anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes tops. Yeah. Um Okay, so uh, tell me another thing, Lamia. For people who do exercise, for people who treat yoga as exercise rather, and they come for that one hour or two hours, do you feel like they will need to change their lifestyle, that they need to quit smoking and drinking, or they need to change the lifestyle choices they've been making, they need to drink more water? Or do you feel like even if they just show up for their practice, that's enough? To you make know, some change. This is a pretty loaded question you're asking me. Yeah. Uh, you know, because... Um, okay, I think that if they just show up for that one hour, over years, life... You know how life is. It throws you curveballs. You'll start to go deeper. And that's just the practice. As you get more advanced, you find another teacher. Uh, you'll want to try something different. You know, and you'll um, you'll start to discover more about yourself, more within yourself. And I think yoga just, it gets us so in tune with ourselves that we just learn to take better care of ourselves. Yeah. And also, I wanted to ask you something that I've asked everyone. 
during the season. Is there an age where you would be- benefit maximum or where your brain would benefit maximum from starting a yoga practice? Is it best for children? You know, I I want to I want to say the ages of like kind of 7 to 12 would be a really good time because at se- till 7 8 you're still kind of figuring out your emotional self, how you respond to things. Um I would say that it's it is helpful at a younger age, but I wouldn't say there's a perfect age for yoga because if someone comes in their fifties with a neuro issue, you know, or with uh, maybe with some kind of hormonal issue even, and they start doing yoga, then they may feel more tangible shifts than you see in a young kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. Tell me from your personal experience, you know, have you seen situations where yoga has helped people with substantially with their memory or their concentration or their problem solving abilities? Can you give us some examples? You know, so I have worked with um, clients who've kind of been diagnosed with Alzheimer's in the earlier stages. And I've kind of been giving them Reiki and doing a host of things from what I offer. And I know that after they would do yoga, they would sleep better. Again, the mind is active in some of these conditions. The mind would be calmer. They would eat better. You know, so I have seen first uh, hand the benefit. But the moment they stop, the benefits fall away. And I know that um, I'm driving this point home because it's really about showing up and being regular and also changing it up for these guys, right? For, For people who really need the cognitive support, um, it's about doing different things. So, for instance, let's look at just the styles, just the forms of yoga. A vinyasa class is fast-paced, right? Mm-hmm. So that could be beneficial for someone who is a bit tougher in their body, which is more earthy in their body, because it's getting them going and moving. Whereas for someone who's vata, like me, um, a slow-paced practice is better, because that's the effect it is going to have on your mind. So, Changing it up is also a good idea, experimenting, trying new things in your practice. And we always end with a rapid fire round. So one quick yoga practice that can help people keep their brains healthier. Anulom Vilom, alternate nostril breathing, hands down. Okay. And what age group would you see gets maximum benefits for the brain from yoga? I think it's that 7, 8 to 12. Okay. So everyone should try and start their children on yoga between 7 and 12. Without, honestly, honestly, don't like it. But yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Lamia. That was such an incredible session. Thank you for giving us all your insights. And thank you to the listeners. Hope you learned something new. Hope we brought you closer to a healthier, happier, more hopeful life. Please email me any questions you might have and any topic that you want covered. My email address is unshu at wellnesscurated.life. I would love to hear from you. And thank you for listening in. And thank you for wanting to be healthier. See you next week. See you next week.